Hello and welcome to Men in Progress, the podcast of the United Methodist Men of Treach and part of the Life Plus God podcast here at Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. I'm your host, David Casey, just one of the many men here trying to live out our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. As this is our podcast for June and we just celebrated Father's Day, we thought we'd take a look on how becoming a father changes us as men and more specifically as Christian men. So to help me answer these questions, I've got three uh, well-known fathers here from, uh, from Treach United Methodist, uh, Todd Patrick, Andy Jewett, and Chris Robinson. Guys, welcome to Men in Progress. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks you guys for coming. So uh, I'm, I'm advertising that you guys are all fathers, so I'm gonna start at the beginning and start with you, Chris, and uh, tell us about your family. Well, uh, Denise and I have been married for 39 years this year. Uh, we've got two daughters who are now uh, 36 and 33. You passed the first test. You know how old they are. So. Well, they will be this summer, so I'm a little <laughs> bit ahead of the game there. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Stephanie is our oldest, and yeah. Alyssa is our youngest. And, um, you know, faith has been an important part. Sure. Of, of our family journey, and we've been very blessed to have uh, girls that were participating in church and who have uh, grown up to be strong in their faith and uh, have found their their own style of understanding. And I think that that's really what we're all trying to uh, achieve as, yeah, as fathers awesome. and parents. That is awesome. Well, we're going to learn more about that. So, Todd, how about yourself? So, Liz and I have been married for over 40 years. Uh, when we got married, we did not want kids. We had a, we had an agreement. Wow. We didn't. I wanted kids. I should find somebody else. And we did that. Worked hard. Played hard for ten years or so. And then we decided we'd try. And a couple months later, <laughs> Sydney was due, and she's twenty eight now. Wow. Um. And we said, okay, we got one. We're done. Yeah. And uh, God had other plans because <laughs> He gave us Mackenzie four years later, and she's now twenty four. How uh, that's wonderful. So you got two girls as well. Two girls as well. Wow. Wow. Okay, Mr. Jewett, how about yourself? Okay, well, Donna and I, we've, we've been married for 36 years, and we have three children. We have our oldest daughter, Carly, is 35. Our son, Jacob, is 33. And our youngest, Kristen, is 31. And uh, we, we had our kids about a year after we got married. So wow. So we kind of grew up with them. No, ten years of, of partying like Todd, huh? No, no. We, it was, it was uh, and, and they were they were all blessings. And, and and Donna came from a big family, and so somehow we stopped at three and didn't go to seven or eight like wow. some of, some of the others in her family did. That's incredible. Well, for myself, as you guys probably know, I've got two sons. Uh, I guess thirty and twenty eight, and uh, and we got married. Uh, I won't say late in life, but it was pretty late in life. So it was, uh, we were well into our thirties when we got married, although we had dated for nine years. I don't know how that, how that played out. But, uh, so anyway, it's, uh, what, tell me about what it was like when the first child was born. You know, what, what were your feelings? I'm going to start with you, Andy, on this. 
so like I said, we we I was pretty young. I yeah. was twenty four wow. when yeah. when our first child was born, and it was it was kind of a wake up call. Mm. I mean, I just thought, okay, I've got to grow up now. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. it's time to get a little more responsibility and and uh, but trade the Corvette. You know, yeah. I, well, <laughs> I wish it was a Corvette, but it was uh, it, it it was uh, a blessing be, yeah. in, in in so many ways, and I I wouldn't have traded it for for anything i've had friends that waited much later and i'm glad we had them when we did because we were able to do a lot more with them sure and yeah and and that's great coach and do a lot of other stuff that some other people didn't get to do still young enough to play yeah 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 that's super Thought about you. Do you remember? Well, we had plenty of time to prepare. Yeah. So it wasn't as though we were caught off guard. We understood what we were uh, had signed up for. Um, it, Liz was still working full time. I had at that point a very stressful job, um, and it it was a, definitely a lifestyle change. And uh, you know, for the first few years, really, all you're doing is is, is diapers and feeding yeah. and that type yeah. of thing. But then as they began to get older, there was a lot more decisions that had to be made and a lot more involvement. And that we we had live in childcare. Wow. For wow. yeah, for, we were blessed from that perspective because yeah. Liz wanted to continue to work, so we had um, had nannies for the first four years, um, and then for and overall for ten years, and that brought it, its own dynamic. Sure. And sure. Uh, you know, it's like having another, almost like having a third daughter yeah. that was much older. But uh, yeah, it was a it was interesting to start have the first one at thirty five years old, and yeah. then have the dynamic of having a twenty something and an infant both new in the house wow yeah yeah that's definitely wow it's like big sister around or something yeah, yeah super so how about you mr robinson <laughs> what was your feelings when uh stephanie well, was born i was on cloud nine yeah i mean i was excited about uh, the 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 pregnancy uh, the anticipation of uh, a baby mm-hmm. coming along and uh you know, I just remember Stephanie was born on a Sunday morning, and uh, you would have had to scrape me off the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the uh, favorite memories that I have of that day is that uh, our pastor, uh, Wib Christie, who was in Irving uh, at the time, with everything he had going on to prepare for worship that morning, came to the hospital, wow. sat with us, wow. prayed over Denise as she went into the, into the, you know, labor and delivery room. Yeah, yeah. And it was just such a cool experience. Wow. Um, wow. It was, it was a, a real blessing for us. Yeah. Yeah. I remember ours was a little, uh, a little different. So we had planned, uh, well, you know, we, we married and then we waited almost four years, I guess, before we, uh, Patrick was born. And, uh, and it was, uh, I was working, Doris was working. She worked over here at, uh, at Marcus High School. And um, so I get a call from her. She says, yeah, I knew she was going in the doctor just for a checkup. She says, hey, I'm at the doctor's. And I said, yeah. She's actually, I'm at the hospital. And uh, they said, you need to get down here pretty quick. I'm going, rut row. And we're like three or four weeks early at this point. And uh, so I get out and they, uh, they said, yeah, this, this, uh, this baby's getting big. In fact, he's so big, there's not much room in there for him. And, uh, so he's coming out today, you know, so in a couple of hours and it was a huge thunderstorm going on. And my theory was it's that low pressure, 
situation caused the, you know, I've dealt with a lot of calves over the years, and that's when the calves show up. It's in the middle of thunderstorms and stuff. So, uh, interesting. So, it was, uh, we were planning, but the actual arrival was pretty exciting, you know, and uh, so it was, uh, it was, it was a day, obviously a day you never forget as a dad, you know, and yeah. go through that. So I'm wondering, did you guys have any fear or trepidation? You know, uh, geez, you mentioned a little bit. Now I got to be responsible, Andy. But uh, how about you guys? Did did any fear come into this? Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I I did have to trade in my 280ZX for a a Buick station wagon. Uh, That that was a big adjustment for me. But um, some resentment right away. I can tell you. but no, you know, I, I didn't really have any yeah. fear. Um, I've never been one who is, uh, you know, overly stressed mm-hmm. uh, by anything. And I kind of take things as they go. And, and the pregnancy had been healthy and the delivery was good. And so it was just figuring out, now what do we do? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how do, we, uh, how do we operate with this uh, third little person yeah. in the house? And I think that we figured that out pretty quickly once we threw all the books away. <laughs> so, Todd, you mentioned you got you guys were a little like I was a little later in life, and so uh, did you have any fear? Like, wow, yeah, I mean, got to start were, a college fund, and you well, know, we'd so. been set in our ways. I mean, with yeah. the two of us, we did what we wanted to do, and and yeah. I mentioned earlier, but I mean, we she started off with kind of a frightening thing because our first was born or first she was due early january and Liz's water broke new year or christmas no new year's eve wow. so december wow. 31st like quarter to midnight so early. getting up out of bed and driving my pregnant wife and soon to be child in the northern virginia traffic with all the partiers out and wow. it started wow. off with that and things kind of got easier after that. So was it a um, tax deduction that year or the following year? I uh, it didn't happen to the next year, but oh. uh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's not why we decided to have them, so it's all good. Um, but it was it was a fair amount of fear of the unknown. Sure. And once after a few weeks of dealing with the wake-ups and the diapers and yep. the feeding and everything, we quickly got into a routine. And... Then, of course, we had to live in childcare that took care of the day, and then it was on us in the night. And yep. uh, fortunately, we had grandparents. All four grandparents were still alive and engaged and active and everything. So wow. that was good. Support so, system. Yeah, yeah, great support yeah. system. Yeah. Well, super. So, Andy, I got a great question for you. What's um, What's been your greatest challenge as a dad? Boy. Uh, <laughs> See, they got the easy questions. Yeah. I, yeah, we're not going to nail you. Yeah. Greatest challenge as a dad is basically letting them make a lot of their own decisions. Yeah. Letting them make mistakes so they learn yep. and instead of trying to make their decisions for them. And that was easier on the second one and, and in some cases the third one, I guess, for you. But but uh, the first one, that's that's hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it really was hard, and and, and then it, you're, you're so right about how different of a parent you are after one, and then two, and then three. Yeah. yeah. The third one gets a pass yeah. on just about everything. Yeah. So <laughs> doesn't have the cleanest, uh, you know, pacifier either. You, know, yeah. you just yeah. pick it up off yeah. the ground and yeah. hand it back to them. Yeah. You know, all that good stuff. How about Chris? How about you? What do you think your greatest challenge has been as a dad? You know, I think that it was learning how to communicate with 
each of my daughters because they're such different personalities and uh, they would receive input much differently. They would express themselves much differently. So learning how to listen, I think, was really important for me. Uh, Learning when to shut up is, I think, important for any man, children or or no children. But um, they don't always need advice. Sometimes they just need to be heard. And um, I think that it it takes a little bit of time to get used to that, especially for us men who always want to fix something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Todd, I got a little bit different question for you. So it's, uh, um, you know, we're all men of faith. So has been being a dad, is that, did that change your faith in any way? It, it did. And it's, it started we started making more intentional decisions about, you know, where we would want to live or what school system or what church we would go to. And because we realized how important the church was in helping to raise your child. Sure. And we were in an odd situation. It would be like living in the Marcus school district, but going to Flower Mound or something like that. So we, we went to church in a different school district than where we lived. And that was, that brought its own sense of, we didn't, we weren't going to get what we wanted to get having our children grow up in Mm -hmm. the church and have the accountability of their peers from Sunday school transition over into school. Yeah. Because we had this vision of what our kids growing up in a church would look like. So when we moved to Texas, everything changed. And we were, we were really more intentional. We found Treach. We were thrilled with Treach. And I mean, there's a a dozen fine folks here who did a lot to help us raise our two girls to the women they are today. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's been uh, my experience too. It's interesting. We, uh, when we, we were dating, we went to church, but it was pretty haphazard. You know, I would go to church with Doris at, at her hometown and stuff like that. She'd go to church with me in my hometown. And we'd occasionally go to church here, you know, locally, but we were both working all the time. And I can't say we went to church on a regular basis. There's something about having children. It's like, oh, we better find a church and we better, you know, get plugged in. And, you know, because we're going to need, we're going to need that church support, you know, raising kids. I mean, that's just kind of a, a thing. And, uh, and we were fortunate enough that Doris worked next door to Treach. So she watched him build the building and, and said, wow, well, it looks like a nice church. I like the building, you know? So, and that literally, that's how we got here. We came over, we visited several churches, but we ended up here. And, uh, but it's, I think it is, um, and I think my faith has been strengthened. Um, I guess because a lot of it's just being involved in the church, but because your kids are there and you're there that much more, a lot more activities and things like that. And, you know, you just, you just tend to, uh, you just tend to gravitate to those kind of folks and you know, that's, those things happen. Um, so, um, now this is a, this is a one, ah, I'll start with Andy again, I guess. Uh, what's been, um, what's been your proudest dad moment? I asked you about the challenge. So gosh, my proudest dad moment is just looking at my kids now and, and seeing that the grownups they've become. Mm-hmm. It's like I say, my youngest is 31. They're, they're all great citizens, great kids. Just, I mean, j- just seeing them wh- where they are yeah. now. And, and, and we can actually be friends now where, you know, growing up, 
my my daughter asked me one time, Dad, I want to be friends, and I said, No, we can't be friends because <laughs> I'm in charge. Yeah, <laughs> so. And, and, and so it, it's been great seeing the transition from childhood to adult, and that they're responsible adults. Mm-hmm. I think that's that means so much yeah. to me. Yeah, Chris, how about you? Proudest dad moment. Now you don't, you can do one for each kid if you want, or you know. <laughs> you know, it's it's much like Andy's response. Yeah. Um, I I have made it a point to tell my girls from the time they were very young on a regular basis, I love you and I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, and they would often ask, "What's that for?" Yeah. Why do you keep saying that? Yeah. 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 And it's really to reinforce in them how much I believe that and how much I wanted them to believe that about themselves. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's something that any father has pride in their children, right? And it doesn't mean that our children are going to be perfect, but we are proud of who they are. Uh, I was, I was proud of the, you know, integrity that they showed in making decisions and the things that they did. And I still am. And, and I still remind them, uh, that I love them and that I'm proud of them because I don't think that that's anything that a child, no matter what age, should stop hearing from their father. Yeah, no kidding. And then it's, um, you know, you think about that, well, they, they graduated cum laude or whatever, but then I'm also proud of them when they've had to make tough decisions or they made a big mistake and they've overcome that. Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. And, you know, it was, it was interesting because uh, Stephanie swam in college and she had her senior banquet and, you know, all the parents were to get up and say something about their kids. And I think I was one of the only parents who said nothing at all about swimming. Yeah. Just said, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you despite swimming. Yeah. And, and everybody was kind of like, wow, you're kind of, you know, <laughs> ruining the punch here. Yeah. But but it was the truth. Sure. It goes is way that when that. we start to look at our kids and, and grade our kids on what they're accomplishing or how they're doing in school, mm-hmm. then we start to take the focus away from who they are as individuals and, and who they are created to be. Sure. And, and not to worry so much about what society tells them they should be and society tries to shape them instead of allowing the love of a family shape them. Yeah. Todd, how about you? So I could follow my, both my girls through high school and college and now as adults, and they, they both played golf for Marcus. They were both uh, varsity by their second half of their freshman year. And with Sydney, she was a kind-hearted one, and she – the, was always the nurturing one that would take care of the new kids that would come onto the team. And she was recognized every year outside of her accomplishments for, you know, going to regional or whatever. She was recognized for being having the heart award and, and being the compassionate one to help guide the, the new um, players along. Mackenzie was a lot more competitive. And for her, it was, she got a hole in one one day when it was 37 degrees and the wind was blowing, wow. you know, 30 miles into her face um so you know there's some proud dead moments there uh but then with on the spiritual side mckenzie was very spiritual and was doing bible study was you know going to the youth on the tuesday mornings would would do her readings she'd highlight in her bibles and was very very diligent and still is um i mean she uh she sets the standard you know from that perspective from from self-study and learning and and um 
and to continue to do that. And then, of course, they went to college, both. They picked a major. They stayed with their major. They're now both working in that same field, wow. which makes a parent proud, too, when you pay for all that college, particularly one of them <laughs> five years out of state. Yeah, um, know that well. <laughs> and then, and then so. now they're, they're both just great humans. I mean, Sydney's yeah. 28. She's very responsible. She purchased her own home. Um, she's finally taken in a roommate. Um, and Mackenzie moved to Seattle right after she graduated from A&M, right in the middle of COVID. And wow. she's stuck with it for two years, and now she's thriving there. So, yeah, they, they've given Liz and I a lot of things to be proud of and what they've done and how they've approached life and overcome obstacles. And, and they both have been very faith, faith-based in, in the way they look at virtually everything. Wow, that's, that's, that's wonderful to hear. So it's um, – that you almost answered the, my next question, which is kind of interesting. It's as a, as a father, do you feel pressure to being – responsible for your your child's uh you know faith spiritual life basically that that type of thing so have you felt that pressure andy i I think i did when they were younger Mm -hmm. but now that they're older and making their own decisions you know we just hope we give them the foundation because sometimes the the bird has to leave the nest and they make those decisions on their own so I, i as now, I don't feel that pressure, right? But I did when they were younger. I, I, and, and some of it was Jacob played soccer, and a lot of the club soccer had games on Sundays, yep. and I struggled with that some, sure. But we missed church several times to go to soccer tournaments, or we're out of town for soccer tournaments and things. And yep. I, part of me regrets that, but he still had a foundation, yeah, that, yeah, that, uh when he was here. So it is, it is tough when they are growing up to keep them kind of on that path. Yeah. But yeah. then there comes a point in time, like say, you, you've got to let them make their decisions. And yeah. stuff. That's true. Yeah. And I know with our guys, we, uh, I mean, we always made sure they went to church and, and as they got older, they were in youth group and they did other stuff like that. Uh, I'm think I think when they got to college, it was interesting uh, first time we were down to see Patrick at, uh, at Texas A&M and he goes, uh, um, you know, it's, he'd been about halfway through his freshman semester and, uh, is, he says, well, you guys are coming down. There's a football game on Saturday and then, uh, Sunday we'll, we'll go to church. And I said, his mother's like, wow, that's, that's amazing. He's a you know, he's a college kid. And, you know, so we go to church and, you know, with him the next morning and she goes, I'm just really proud of you, you know, going to church. She goes, well, it actually, it's much better to go to church because if you don't, the core has other things for you to do on campus at, <laughs> on Sunday mornings. So he's like, uh, I'm a churchgoer now. <laughs> so it's like, Found religion. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure that really, you know, was, uh, that may not have been my proud moment, but at least he's a practical guy, you know, so it's whatever. So um, we've talked about it in terms of the ki- kids, but just in terms of in general and uh, – you know, it t- there's all types of parenting skills out there, and we watch people, and some are wildly successful, or appear to be, and some, you say, wow, you know, they're, they're it's a tough one. But what's your definition of a good father? And I think you touched on something a little bit like that, kind of giving him the rein. Yeah, uh, to to me, the definition of a good father is number one, being there, mm-hmm. not making all their decisions for him letting them have enough rope 
so they don't hang themselves. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I just you're there, you nurture as best you can, and you try to get them to make their own responsible decisions. Sure, Todd, what what do you think? Well, th- very much what Andy said, and Chris touched on it earlier as well. I I think giving them a chance to learn on their own, but also giving them guidance. Um, and that's a scary world today too. I mean, if you look at, you know, whether it's financial or electronic, I mean, there's a lot of ways people are out to get somebody other than the fact that they're very attractive young women. Um, it's, it's, I always struggled trying to not nag, but make sure that they were fully informed, make sure that they understood when they were taking risks. And that's probably the hardest I had. And Liz, did a lot of that as well. It's the mom. She was the mother figure. And there's the, always a dynamic between the fathers and the sons and the mothers and the daughters that it's different. Um, so it, for me, it was some respects kind of easy, but as they continue, as they got older, now I feel like I'm able to contribute more in some of those areas without, without preaching, without mm-hmm. being preachy or yeah. repetitive. Yeah. There's a whole new set of, I guess, circumstances when it's a girl i mean I, and i've had two boys so i've never been through that but i know i just think if i'm a father of girls you got you got a lot to worry about being a father of girls and just and just for, like you said them being conscious of where they are their their surroundings their circumstances and stuff like that you know not that you know bad stuff doesn't happen to guys either but um you know i was i've been with doris and she were walking along and i watch her move her purse to the other side of her body or Make sure you know she'll make sure I'm between her and the street and things like just minor things, but things that uh, you don't you don't really I'm not as conscious of them that, as she is, and uh, and she lived a long time as a single single lady, so I mean she she knows how all that goes. Um, so here's, uh, knowing Chris the way I do, so I'm going to ask this question: Do you parent your children the same way or different? You know, between the two. Well, I, I parent them much differently mm-hmm. um, now. Yeah. I, I Even as adults. Yeah. Well, but but now they are adults, and so I, I, I don't have really that parenting role mm-hmm. to to play at, at this point of their yeah. life, yeah. right? I'm, I'm the grandparent now. Yeah. yeah. So I look to when they were in their adolescence, when they were young adults, um, how I spoke to them, um, what I felt like they needed direction in where one might do, you know, very well in a certain direction, but the other might struggle with it more. Um, but I think that my end game was really the same with both of them, no matter how much I, I parented them a little bit differently. Um, consistency yeah. was important, right? You might parent them differently, but you got to be consistent in, in your messaging. Same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I think that um, when it comes to the messaging, it was very consistent, but how that message was delivered was was different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Andy, if you, you've got three different ones. So, you know, how does that play out in your family? Yeah, th- three very different the, from oldest to youngest and the boy in the middle and and yeah i know i parented different for each one uh you know my oldest daughter was a lot more independent my youngest daughter needed a little more hand holding my son was, was just somewhere in in the middle mm-hmm. and 
Literally. And, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah li- literally in the middle. And then, and, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, their personalities are different. And, you know, it's like everybody, you, everybody has different things that motivates them and, and, and doesn't. And, yeah. and finding that for each one of them was, was part of the trick. Yeah. I know that, uh, with ours, um, uh, it's interesting because, uh, Things that worked with Patrick, we just assumed Matthew was going to be just the same way. And, you know, those things didn't work at all with him. You know, he's, a to- he's taking a totally different angle. And uh, and then a lot of times, it's in, we both benefited, both Doris and I were middle kids. So she had an older brother and sister, and I had an older brother and sister, and then we each had younger siblings too. So we were, I think we were well-equipped understanding that, you know, our parents were very, treated everybody equal but different. You know, and it was that kind of thing, and and uh, and seemed to, and we try to mimic this. We they just seemed to do the right things at the right time, and and, and give us the right message at the right time, and uh, so hopefully that's uh, our kids will pass it on as they have kids, and we can only hope. So uh, this is the final question. I need each of you guys to probably answer this and think about it, but uh, um, and I'll start with you, Todd. Is uh, what do you pray for most as a dad? So having one child local who spends a lot of time with Liz and I at our home, mm-hmm. um, we babies do daddy, I do daddy daycare for her dog. So she stops and drops a dog on her way to work and picks her up. Uh, when she travels, we help with that. When we travel, she helps us. She's independent. She loves what she's doing. She's suffered with OCD for a number of years, and we didn't really figure out what it was until she was in high school. And she's have celebrated her overcoming that and then relapsing with COVID and then overcoming it again. So I think for, for one, it's just to overcome things that's really out of, that are really out of her control. Sure. That, you know, um, and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I mean, and she's dealing with it very well. I'm proud of her for, for how she's done that. For Mackenzie, moving, you know, graduating from A&M and moving to Seattle, Washington, um, you know, I, I like going to College Station and going out with her friends and the guys would take their hats off and pray when we were at Chewy's. I mean, that that's and, – and for her to go into a totally different environment, then, you know, I spent a lot of time praying for her, yeah. for her safety, for her sanity, for, you know, her to be able to engage in the middle of COVID in a town that was 2,000 miles from here. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're very different humans. So my prayers for them are very different as yeah. well. Yeah, that's, that's insightful. That's right. Chris, how about you? You know, I think what I want for both of them is to have joy and fulfillment in their life. You know, really very, very simply Um, that they it's simple, but it's also very broad uh, in in their work, in their relationships, in their family, in their spirituality. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that I think that we are created for is joy yeah right that, that uh you know jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know i know the plans i have for you you know plans for yeah. you know yeah. success and good and so i think that that's always what i've hung my hat on is that 
you know, I think that that is the plan for us. And so that's what I, I pray for for them. That's what I pray for for my grandchildren, that they find things that they love doing, that they pursue their passions, um, yep. that they don't get stuck in a rut yeah. Of, yeah. of what, you know, the world tells them they should be doing. Trying or to please thinking. somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that they just yeah. truly live in to who they are created to be. Sure, sure. Andy, how about yourself? So I think uh, for me, most of the prayers that I have prayed is for godly men and women to be in their life and, and, and people, especially, yeah. you know, when it comes time to finding a spouse, uh, that's that is, I think, my biggest prayer and that they stay close to Christ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I know with myself, it's uh, kind of similar to that in that uh, uh, that we, we pray that both of them are, uh, enjoy what they're doing. They do their best at it. That it, it, uh, it's something that, uh, um, you know, they, is, as Doris has a phrase, she says, I always want the best for you. You know, that's what she talks to them. And, and particularly, a lot of times that comes into play when we're questioning a decision they made. You know, but uh, but uh, but usually it's always the other the other yeah. times as well. But uh, super well, guys, I can't thank you enough. This has been this has been tremendous. It's been a uh, a, a great visit about fatherhood, and it's so appropriate. You know, as we just celebrated Father's Day. So uh, again, I want to thank. Uh, uh, our guests, Todd Patrick, Andy Jewett, Chris Robinson, and uh, certainly want to thank the production team here that uh, helps us with Men in Progress. Um, another episode in the books, and we hope you were blessed in some way with our discussion. And, uh, you know, as we say pretty much every time, uh, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And that's really the whole purpose of this podcast is to, uh, to encourage men, uh, to help us uh, become better Christians, be uh, better fathers, husbands, and better leaders, and just, just better men overall. I'm Dave Casey, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the Treach services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.